We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Buckington. The Yankees now lead it by a score of 3-2. to Bill Lee is now going over to a couple of the Yankees, and there they go. Tech and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Posada's throw. Roberts safe. And what can I say? Just stick my hat and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, episode 54. Brian Shackman and John Senecal here. A quick rundown of what we're going to talk about today. We'll put a ribbon on the Red Sox season. Obviously, a uh, disappointment for Red Sox fans. And in some ways, it's like... Well, it depends on how you look at it, Brian. Is it a disappointment? I was disappointed. Okay, a lot of good. people are I'm telling me. I'm glad you were because right. I know some people weren't disappointed. Well, some people, because what? They're like, we came this far. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we'll yeah. get into that whole mindset. But I was disappointed. In fact, I was really bummed that we didn't have more baseball to look forward to. So we'll put a ribbon on the Red Sox season. We'll talk a little bit about the Yankees. You know, we haven't talked much about the dismissal of the coaches, but also the story about Garrett Cole being a little sensitive about something Brett Gardner was doing in the clubhouse. We'll do a quick Pre, uh, World Series preview. We won't preview it as much as give our takes on what's going to happen. And then uh, John, of course, has his nugget of the week for you. All right, so let's start with the the Red Sox and sort of I I talked about this off camera a little bit. I mean, my calculation might not be perfect, but after that Nate Evaldi non-called third strike, which again I'm okay with human error. I live by the sword, die by the sword. So I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's the, the strike worst thing zone. Ever. That wasn't the only pitch. No. Close or not. After that, the Red Sox, that was in game four. four. Yep. They were outscored 21 to one. Since after that pitch. After that pitch. It was two to two in that game. They would have gotten out of the inning. And so that game so that ended nine to two. Th- so they got seven runs, then nine in the next, and five in the final. So I'm no math major, but that's 21. And the Red Sox only scored one run in game five and zero runs in game six. So I mean, to me, and, one, it, and, and that's one game in each park. That's now one some in people, I, and, I could say that's karma. Like I feel like I part of me likes to believe it is, and other people just say, "Listen, Houston is unconscious. They don't get down, and they're they're that good. And they I, can hit. They can flat out hit. That DH. Yeah, they can flat out hit. Well, also, I mean, for Houston, they had they had two guys step up huge. I mean, come on, Valdez and Garcia. I mean, basically, save their season. When or you did think the about Red Sox it. just? Crap their pants. Well, I mean, the Red Sox, you know, when you think about it, Brian, I mean, they basically shot their load in the first couple of games. <laughs> when you think about it. I mean, well, why couldn't they sustain it, I guess, is my point. Well, I point. mean, because, you know, Kiki Hernandez was hitting unconsciously, and then all of a sudden he right. just stopped hitting. 
I mean, he what he came back well, to. Why, Earth. I mean, why? I mean, they. Why couldn't they? Why couldn't they sustain it? I guess you know my disappointment. Some people. So here's the core argument by a lot of people is like they were predicted to win like 82 games, not more than 85. They won, you know, 90 plus games, 92, and they beat the Yankees. They, I mean, they ended the Yankees season, which right. for a lot, and they also beat the Rays, who won 100 games. That's the classic argument that you should be grateful for what happened. And I get it because you know what, they weren't that good a team, and they overachieved. And I get it, but once you're there. Once you're two wins away from making the World Series, right. why would you feel good about that? Because to me, once you get to the World Series, anything can happen. And even though the Dodgers are a better team, the Braves is be pretty even, anything can happen. So my disappointment, honestly, selfishly, is from a pure viewer perspective. Like I looked forward to games. Like I hadn't looked forward yeah, to baseball you want, games. You want your team to keep winning and you want to watch more baseball. Or games that I care about. Like right. I'll watch, you know, I'll, it'll be more of a background thing and I'll watch the Dodgers and the Astros, I mean the, the Braves and the Astros projecting wishful thinking. I mean, and I want to yeah, talk about that, ma- that it's matchup It's not exactly later. the biggest marquee matchup. It's the worst thing that Major League po- Baseball could have had. So you'll argue that obviously Major League Baseball wasn't trying to grease the gears for the Red Sox. Well, you said to me off camera all the time that the fix was in. When the Dodgers came, won that one game and the Red Sox were up 2-1, to one, that was your line. The fix is in. The fix it, is in. It the sounds, fix is it in. It sounds better, right? But I mean, it's not. Who, so, who at the MLB office wants the Astros to win the World Series? Nobody. 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 And arguably, they love the Braves to win it, right? But these two teams in it, there's a chance that the Astros can win it. Sure, and they don't want that to happen. They're the better team, and we'll preview that later. You know, and so how did you look at the Red Sox sort of implosion at the end? Were the Houston just a better team? Well, listen, it came down to they hit the ball. Houston hit the ball basically out. They hit the ball towards. Have you heard of Jordan Alvarez? I never heard of the guy. He's been a big. He's been a big prospect. He was hurt. He was hurt, so he missed. He missed most of was it last season, or the season before that? But he was a big prospect. He did. He hit a lot in the postseason, his rookie year. Um, his baseball incre- card is pretty valuable. I know that. That guy's incredible. Yeah, he can hit. He's not just a big dude. He can cover the plate. And obviously, look. I mean, he got. He got. Chris Sale gave up three hits, right? Three to him, wasn't it? Yep. That's what it was. Six innings, three hits, and the three hits were to him. Now, a lot of people would argue that. He shouldn't have been pitching to him in that situation. Well, he shouldn't have come out that last time. Once he walked Altuve, he should have been pulled from the game. Right. Some say he shouldn't have started the inning. That's fine. Some say he shouldn't have stayed in the inning. I think once he walks Altuve, just get So why is he still in the game? I don't know. Given the way the postseason has been going, I mean, the the hook hook is so tight. The hook is so tight. Garcia pitched what? He gave up one hit in six innings, and they yanked him. I I think that is an example of the downside of a player's manager. Because I think that Sale, he feels that he earned it. Sale said, I got it. And he let him go out well, there. I mean, and, get, I, and, his, and afterward, if it worked out, he could have been said, you know, listen, I believe in my guy. History would say, stick with him. He's he's your ace, regardless of when he's coming back, right? But the way the postseason going, the way the baseball has been going, the the whole pitching philosophy is just whacked. Right. It is crazy. I've like never it. seen it's, it like it's, it. It's, I don't like it's it. It's nuts. So, I mean, you got you to go. I guess you have to Play the you don't have to, have to but play you the gotta, you're, you're potentially you have to pull him. alienating yourself with with your biggest pitching star. Well, what, and then what about what about the whole uh, Erod thing? You know when he's checking his watch and then he pulls him aside well, on camera. Obviously, yeah. it wasn't down in the dugout. Everyone saw it, and he gets under, you know puts his arm around him. Who knows what he said to him? But I mean, what's your take on that? Well, Erod, first of all. I'll just say quickly, I mean, I was surprised that he's yelling at him from from the dugout and sort of showing him up, but I think it shows, I think it's different. I think Erod's not as big a star, and I do think that 
Cora has this uh, much more influence over the younger Latin players. And so I think that, and, and he wanted to diffuse the potential bulletin board material by the Astros, which everyone on the Red Sox agreed with. Right. So the clubhouse might be split on what, what you should have done with Sale. I don't think the clubhouse was split on not wanting to stoke the Astros. Right. So, I mean, I think that's my, that's sort of my hot take on that. But I, I do think those decisions where if they work out, you know, Cora can say, you know, I believed in my guy and I, I trusted him. And it just did not work out. And, and I do, I will say that talent-wise, top to bottom, the Astros were a better. They're a better team. They're a better team than the Boston Red Sox. Now, do I think that that's going to be the way moving forward? I think the way Heim Bloom is building this team, I think they need pitching, obviously. But I think that the Sox are are much closer to being better than the Astros than the Yankees are. The Astros hit. The Red Sox stopped hitting. I mean, Renfro didn't hit for you. You needed him to hit. He was terrible. He, he, played, t- he, played he was bad in the field all season. Yeah, he ran out of gas. Um, uh, surprisingly, bum ankle Martinez played very well. He hit the ball very well, um, but but know, he, oh, but his slowness on the base paths doesn't help. Actually, well, it actually, I think it hurt him. I think he could have gotten home on one and could have gotten a third on another. And obviously, Schwarber killed you. He did not help you defensively at all. I mean, regardless of how he played to the crowd and he bowed and did his best, Kevin Millar and all that he yeah. could do. No, there was he, what drop was, ball at first base. He and, was not your answer at first base, and he, he almost, was not a good hitter in the postseason either. He had that one hit basically. He had yeah. a big, the big grand slam where you guys basically did everything in the one inning. But getting back to the whole Red Sox, you know, uh, expectations and right. you know the pundits and all that, you know, I'm really tired of the whole whining of some of the Red Sox fans. I'm not <laughs> saying you, Brian, but I'm tired of it because, you know, stop gauging your season on what other people are exposed to, are saying so, you should So be. what is your point? They're, they're whining? The point is, is in the last 16 years, you've won four World Series, right? right? Shut your stop mouth. Stop <laughs> acting like you're a bad organization. Stop acting like you are pre-2004, right? Right. This is baseball, all right? I believe in ghosts, man. You could have broke the curse, Right, you're playing better. Stop acting like you're a second-rate team and expect more. I don't. I don't I'm tired of the that. whole playing with house money. Oh, I'm just glad we're playing. Yeah. Nobody expected this. Stop. <laughs> Stop. You should be winning every year. You're a Boston team. Yeah. You're a no, you're marquee right. franchise. The expectation should be the same as every it is with the year. Yankees. And I'm yep. tired of it because the Yankees go out there and they're like, oh, the Yankees are too this or too that because they expect to win every year. You're damn right. right. You should win every year. Right. So the, the 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 Yankees are underachieving, but somehow we make it that the Red Sox are overachieving. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. No, it's, I think it's a completely valid argument. It's ridiculous. The one you know, thing I will say, because I want to get on to the, to the Garrett Cole story and then to, to the World Series, is that I've been going to Fenway every year since probably, oh, two or three and this environment in the playoffs was as good, I would say maybe, 13 was different because after the marathon bombings, there was an energy. The yeah. team was not good enough to win the World Series. But because of the marathon bombings, it felt really intense. Right. And then obviously 04. But outside of 04 and 13. Better and, than the dirt bags, huh? Yeah. I, I just feel like the energy, and you know what it is? I mean, I was in the bleachers for a couple of these playoff games. A lot of it is just younger. Like, it was less tourists, or the tourists were younger because it was a bunch of college. It was like a couple thousand college kids just well, hammered. Listen, may, maybe it's also, Brian, that you know, you've know you grown your fan base more, too. And these guys, these younger guys, are the ones that were watching in 04. And yeah. they've, they're have they the 25 and 26-year-olds now. 
that are out there spending the money and going to the games and getting crazy. That's a really good point. I mean, it, <laughs> it was they're not the ones that are saying, oh, "I'm just glad that we're in the postseason." Yeah. I mean, they're like, out there getting crazy. Yeah, the you know the 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 high net worth fans who come in from their you know from Concord and Dover and Wellesley or whatever and sit in their fancy seats and don't even cheer. And the, one thing I hate is like those people they they stare at you like you're an alien. My wife cheers and her voice is great. Yeah. But like she's 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 a fan. You can tell she's a fan. And then people look at her like, "What are you doing?" I was like, first of all, what are you doing?" And don't look at my wife that way. There's two ways not to look at my wife. You don't look at my wife as if you want to have you know make out with her, and you don't want to look at her as if she's crazy because she's a fan and she wants to cheer. And it drives me nuts that people think it's weird to cheer. But anyway, I I just want to watch video after video of these idiots punching each other out in the stands. Your wife is the least of anybody's worries. Seriously, (laughs) you know what I mean? Seriously. Um, But anyway, I thought. With the fan thing, I'm tired of going to the Yankee Stadium or turning on TV and looking at these couches behind home plate with nobody in them. The Yankee Stadium, I think, was really poorly planned. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. The environment at Fenway was great, and we loved it, and we hope it continues even with the regular season next year. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is episode 54 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. So I read the story uh, over the weekend uh, about Garrett Cole being, you know, he says he's just a cool customer, but obviously uh, Brett Gardner, I think, was making a little fun of him in the clubhouse about, you know, not being able to use spider tack, and Cole lost his I wonder how that, like, went down. I picture, picture, like, uh, Gardner running across the clubhouse, like, with, like, a bunch of crap on a hat, doing a monkey dance or something. Like, oh, look at me, I'm Garrett Cole. Right. Oh, and Cole, here. like, jumping in front of him and saying, or, cut that out, man. Or did, he, or did he go say, hey, Garrett, here, catch. And he just, like, whipped it and it hit, like, a wall over there. And he's like, oh, crap. And it, I, <laughs> I something know. like that, you know? I like, how? Like, I want to know how that went right. down. Because, first of all, like, I mean, Gardner is not a big dude, but he's... He, he's Jack. He's Jack. I he's wouldn't like, mess he's with like him. A, he's like a cornerback, yeah. you know? He's, he's one of those... But Garrett Cole's a big guy. But Garrett Cole seems like he's the dude that, like... If you're going to like a wedding, nobody approaches him to hang out with him. He just kind of sits up there in the corner and has his few drinks, and then his wife tries to get him out on the dance floor. Right. He goes out for one, and then he's gone. But why do these you know? stars have such thin skin? I mean, Gardner's not a guy, I guess, is looking at like, he, he's, first of all, he's the only one in that clubhouse who's won a World Series with the Yankees. So, and he's got credibility, but like, he's not trying to tear down Garrett Cole. And to me, like, he was trying to do it. And I don't like Brett Gardner. I do not like him. Yeah. But what I say, he was trying to do what exactly I think the like, Yankees needed. Like, make light. Have a little personality. Right. Like, interact in a different way. Like, I think the, the Yankees are so, it's like the old Red Sox, 26, you know, 26 people, 26 cabs. Like, it feels like there's not a lot of togetherness. Like, he should be able to razz a teammate. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, especially him. He's the veteran. It's funny because you, you, when, when I was, you know, we were talking about this, that story offline, I saw another one this morning, which was interesting, and it was regarding Joey Gallo, right? And there was an article about how um, Gallo's weird because he, he has to lay out his uniform and put it out like precisely. Like mommy with the clothes at and school. And if he doesn't, if it doesn't go on him the right way, he'll take his whole uniform off before the so game. it's like and, an OCD kind And of like thing. put it back on. Yeah. And basically saying, you know, the guy is like, he's, he's just weird. Like he's not fit to be in like the Yankee clubhouse or whatever. And then Gallo actually took the story and retweeted it and, and it wrote, uh, me dot dot literally gets dressed media. Yup. That's why he sucks. 
<laughs> so, I mean, at least, again, like, he's having fun with it. But, yeah. I mean, listen, it can't be easy to be a guy like Joey Gallo playing in New York, right? No, and to play that poorly. Like, to, to me, to be an Italian-American, you go in there, you could be a hero. I like Joey Gallo. Yeah. I liked him with Texas. I know he strikes out a lot, but I, I think the pressure— He might not be the right fit well, for that environment. Thing people don't understand about playing in New York and Boston. If you don't like it— you can do what Ben attendee, like go to Kansas City, you'll make a lot of money. Right. You'll be in relative anonymity and you won't have that kind of pressure. And you can make the same amount of money. Like right. you can arbitration doesn't factor in geography, right? Yeah. So but I, I think the players who love it, like Kike, as you said many times and have reminded me since, Boston would love him. He's the kind of guy that obviously embraces it. And thrives on it. Sucks up to the light. Right. And there are some people who just can't can't handle it. New York and Boston are, are totally different than, I would argue, even more than L.A. Yeah. Because L.A. is so big and just dispersed. Right. That it's like, in Boston, there's like 20 bars and everyone goes to them. You know, like in L.A., you got to drive 30 minutes yeah. to go to a second bar. I, I, you know? I feel like they're like, contrary. I mean, not contrary, but, you know, what when Doug was talking about, I feel there's a little more fair weather fans out in L.A. I think so. I mean, the way I, 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 I chide my sister, they arrive in the second and they leave in the seventh. We saw the picture they were putting up, like, before they came back and won the game against the Braves, where they were like, half the stadium was gone. Yeah. They were all driving out. And It is <laughs> nice to go to a ball game where it's 9 at night and 75 degrees. So, I mean, I will say, like, any time of year, it's just incredible. Really, you think San Diego would be that way, but I've been to a game in San Diego Got where cool. I, oh my god, dude! Like well, the I breeze is an issue, right? Yeah, I literally like like walking to the stadium I was like, oh, it's great. And then you get in and it's like you know you're hiking up Mount Washington or something. <laughs> the next thing you know, you're like you got icicles on your ear and you're going to the, the pro shop. I mean, the fan shop to get a freaking that's sweat really funny. Hoodie. Well, that's how they sell sweatshirts, I guess. Uh, yep. Let's talk about the World Series real quick. Obviously, you have Braves against Houston. Uh, it was put to me. I think it's you know, the Major League Baseball. I think doesn't want either team to win because. If, I'm just, if Atlanta I'm just, wins, I'm just glad the Red Sox aren't in it, so I don't have to listen to the oh, whole like, oh, destiny it. team. Right, well, anyways, it would have been like that. I probably would have. It would have been. It would have been, been the sure. biggest fanboy thing. I think ever. if they were in it, I would have definitely dropped some sort of team of destiny uh, thing on you. So I, I would have been part right, of that. Braves, thing. Astros. The Here's least, the thing: the league doesn't want the Braves to win either. They took the All Star game away from right. them. I mean, and then you have Houston, which is the sim, the, you know, the symbol of cheating in sports. Like this is an awful <laughs> World Series for Major League Baseball, and then they're going to have a They're going to go from one of these two teams. To a, work to a work stoppage. So the only thing the Braves have got going for them, right, is they they haven't been in the World Series since, since 1999 when they got swept by the Yankees. Right. And Freddie Freeman. Who everyone seems to love. Everybody loves Freddie Freeman, who's a free agent. I can't believe it. And he's 32 years old. He just turned 32. So Freddie, come to New York and play first base for a couple well, years. Would you he's going to want a five-year deal, I bet. And that makes so him 37 at the end of his contract. Who's the dude for, would you rather have Freddie or Correa? You could probably get both of them, I'd imagine. I mean, listen- Here's the other thing. The whole money thing, the Dodgers spend more money than anyone, right? Sure, by a lot. Uh, by a lot, all right? And it doesn't work for them. But you know what? People are bitching in New York online and in the media that they got to just start ponying up and just start spending money. If you got the money, spend it. Is it that big of a deal to lose if you're the Yankees or whoever, like on some of these zillionaire owners to lose 14, 15, 20 million on the no, back end? Especially the Yankees. You can recoup that in freaking beer sales in a week. What I would argue is that that philosophy 
is part of the Yankees' problem right now, is that they do have to think about chemistry. I think they need more guys coming up through the system who know each other and care about each other. So I, I think that it, will be the argument. Like, they'll say go out and get a catcher, but they'll say keep Austin Wells. They'll say go out and get a shortstop. They'll say wait for Anthony Volpe because well, they came up together. only if those guys are good enough. My point is, like, if they're good knows? enough. If they're Nobody not good knows. enough. Well, I just think that if you continue to just, then you're getting back into that 1980s, you know, Dave Winfield era, which I know they won more regular bye season bye, games. Bye-bye well, it's just that they, they constructed these teams because, you know, George wanted to win. And the year they, by years. It just didn't work. You right. know, so I mean, I think, you know. But at the same time, like, can you go out and suck up a contract for a couple of years to hopefully try, like a Max Scherzer. Say if Max Scherzer had a couple more years on his deal and you were going to try, had to pay him $20 million over the next two years, Right. Or if you think you can get three more years out of Max Scherzer at $20 million and go sign See, him. I don't know. Then you look at the roster of the Astros. I mean, that Jordan Alvarez guy is 24 years old. Right. I mean, the ages of these guys. I mean, you, you think about it. Luis Garcia is 24. I mean, name any guy on that, on that thing outside of Zach Greinke, right? I mean, they're, they're all, all young. Even Bregman's really young because he came really up good. young. Even Altuve is only 31. Bregman's 27. Correa's 27. I mean, Brantley is the oldest. He's like 34. Four, thirty-five. Yeah, and then Guriel is, is thirty-seven years old. Well, yeah, old, Guriel but, was like a thirty-two-year-old rookie, though. Right, but I mean, my point is, is that they have a better mix, and they might even have a better mix than the Braves the are Red doing Sox, it without Acuna too, which is amazing. And no Solaire. Now, my son will argue, oh, Solaire's not that great, but if you look at Solaire's numbers since they got him, he turned that team around. He turned it around. He solidified right. that lineup. So quickly, what do you think is going to happen? Honestly, I think it's going to be a good series. I think it's going to go to the distance because I think the Braves are just scrappy enough. I think they're just scrappy enough. Now, I I, I don't think it's going to help him. At, uh, uh, Darno looks like he's a little bit injured. I think what you know everybody's hurt right now. Right. Everybody's hurt right now. But I think uh, it's gonna. They're going to hit each other. They're going to hit at each other. The pitching's going to be a little suspect. Like it is what it is. But I think uh, it will go seven. But I I hate to say it, but I think the Astros are going to win, dude. I yeah. want the Braves to win, but I really feel like the Astros are going to win just because they're going to be like, "Oh, look it, we did it without cheating." Yeah, you know. I mean, I think that although someone Carlos Correa will get his forty something million they cheated deal. in the in the ALCS. Here's the deal: I think that the, the Astros are going to win it, and I don't think it's going to go seven. I think I think five. I mean, maybe it's just because they they spanked the Red Sox in those last three games. I think whatever adversity and they, they got face, home field, whatever adversity they face, they've seemed to overcome it. So I I think. Five is definitely possible, and and six for sure. It does not go seven, in my opinion. Uh, and I I think I'm rooting for the Braves, but you know I I mean I just don't. I've always been bored by the Braves organization, yeah. so maybe that's just from the the, well, the 90s been, when they only this. won they only won one World Series in the 90s when they had like what ten or something in a row division titles. Yeah, there's a hundred thousand people in the South and mattress Matt watching this World Series. <laughs> what do you got for your nugget? All right, so we're gonna we're gonna. T- I saw a story uh, this morning online, and it was about. Um, a, a mini series that Netflix is going to make, and Jamie Lee Curtis is producing it, and it has to do with the person who invented, so-called, invented the high five. It was the first ever high five. Now, and interesting enough, he was also his name is Glenn Burke, and he was also the first openly gay player in major in Major League Baseball. And they said it ruined his career. Now, this is back that he was gay, or the high five ruined his career. That he that he came out oh, as gay. He did. I don't know this guy. Neither did I. All right, now. We could go and talk about this yeah. forever, but I'm gonna. This is how I want to loop this back in. So I started reading about this Glenn Burke guy, right? And there's gonna be a mini series coming out on Netflix called The Outfielder, and he was 19 years old in 1977, and he came up with the Dodgers, and uh, wait, not the Dodgers, the Braves, and he was playing on. Wait, 
Dodgers. No, Dodgers. He was playing on the Dodgers as a 19-year-old, and Dusty Baker hit his 30th home run of the season. Dusty Baker. And he gave him a high five, and that was supposedly the first recorded high five. Really? Yeah. So he just put his hand up? I guess when he crossed the plate, he jumped, and he, they gave him gave him a high five. It's, how do you, like, prove that? That's just crazy. All right, so that got me thinking, right? And I was like, that's weird, right? Like, how do you prove? Like, there's got to be, like, you have to have video proof of it, right? right? So now I was thinking, like, oh, there's some weird stuff. Like, now we got a little tie-in with the World Series, Dusty Baker. And I'm thinking to myself, that's some weird stuff. So I was like, you know what else is annoying and I can't stand it is the wave. Oh, see, I like it. All right. I, wave drives me nuts. All right? Anything that's not purist you hate. No, Let's just no, it's just it. like all right. Like, the fact that it still exists at Fenway Park is funny. About the wave is when they try to do it at a stadium when there's like 1,100 people in it, and you, it's like the, first of all, the you con- can hate it. The concession can guy like is it. trying to get on it, and there's like a mascot, and they're bringing people out of the front office trying to get down there so they can yeah. make it look like it's wave. You're so grumpy in your 40s. Wait, what are you, you going to wait, be wait like for there to be 60s? some fans in the stands right, to do fine. the wave? All right. Anyway, so the wave, right? Yeah. So we're talking about the wave. Where did it start? It started by this guy named Crazy George Henderson. Now that's crazy with a K. Now Crazy George Henderson, in 19, born in 1944, went to Cal State San Jose, and he was a cheerleader. And after he went to San Jose, he uh, was working as a teacher in the 70s, and he got a job working for the Golden Seals of the NHL in California. Mm-hmm. And everybody loved him. He was going nuts, and the crowds were so loud, and they were playing against Boston, Bruins at the time, and the Boston Bruin guy saw him, and they were going to hire him, but then he left, and he wound up working in the NFL, working for like the Vikings and the Chiefs and the Oilers, and there was a rule made because he was too loud enticing the fans that they couldn't have, they, remember like in 89 or whatever, like the NFL had these weird rules about like being loud in like the Metrodome and all that. Because it got so loud. It got so loud, and it was this guy who was leading these crazy chants. Well, it turns out that he was the first recorded wave in 1981 with the Oakland A's against the New York Yankees on October 15, 1981. It was the first televised wave led by this guy, Crazy George Henderson. How do you get everyone to know what to do? Like, I don't really understand and how it started. Apparently, he started it at this hockey game, and he did it at the Colorado hockey game, Colorado Rockies hockey game, the year before in 1980, and he tried it, and it wasn't televised. And apparently one section kind of caught on what he was doing, and it just steamrolled from there. And that was a year before the first televised he, he, one. It, I guess my question is, and you don't know the answer, is what happened what he intended to happen? I don't think so. No, it wasn't. Because like, based on the one he, he just said, like, about, everybody put their hands up. And then the guy next door is like, I'm going to put my hands up. And then all of a so. sudden. And it just kind of cascaded. Wow. We yeah. got, I, that sounds like a 30 for 30. By and it the way. was a 30 for 30, to be honest with you. What? That the, was my the next wave? Thing. Yep. Really? Yep. Oh, I got to watch it. Yep. And then they got to do. And then the. Uh, and then they're, like I said, they're doing the miniseries on, the, on Glenn Burke, who was first openly gay. Baseball. I never heard of him. Yeah, I got to look that up too. A lot of but stuff to do. High Dusty Baker, man. Yeah, that's cool. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. And of course, this is another scintillating edition of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Please watch on YouTube, share it, and enjoy it. We'll see you next time. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.